I'm Maserati E. And I'm Chris Redlands. Welcome to The Last Mile Radio. We're paving a road to success. No lie. I've been on a mission for a while. Finally, I see the last mile. I've been on a mission for a while. Finally, I see the last mile. Hey, paving a road to success. I'm paving a road to be my best. I'm paving a road to success. Yo, E. What up, what up, Chris? What's poppin', babe? Well, we've been taking road trips. The last road trip was to the great state of Indiana. We met some incredible people, and then you went back to prison. Yes, yes, yes. It's been a trip. And we visited the great state of Indiana. My first time in America's Rust Belt. But real quick, though, real quick, I got to make a slight correction. A slight correction. We, me and you, we went back to prison. (laughs) Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. (laughs) For sure, for sure. And I'm talking about the Putnamville Correctional Facility, where the last mile has two incredible educational programs, computer coding and audio video production, or as we refer to it, the AVP program. And this is the first of its kind in the country. That's right. And we'll be talking with the students in the program, get their perspective about learning a real world skill in prison. And later, they're going to share some of their talents. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We are definitely in for a treat, I must say. But first, man, we started this unforgettable day with a surprise visit in Putnamville by a legend. Curtis Jackson, a.k.a. 50 Cent. Oh, my goodness. In the house, like teeth in your mouth. It was crazy. It was it was just nuts. We got 50 in the building, man. That is like mind blowing. Uh, That was crazy. No, for real, (laughs) though. Like that was nuts. And I got to say, Chris, man, as a young aspiring rapper growing up in the town, growing up in Oakland, I looked at some of the hip hop icons at the time as role models, you know, not only for just the music, but as successful business people and people who really cared about their community. And I must say. 50 Cent was most definitely one of those people for me. Yeah, he's an impressive guy. And he's doing a lot of community work now. And he recently started what's called the G-Unity Business Lab and the G-Star program in his newly adopted home, Houston. And the program is really around entrepreneurship. They launched it in three inaugural schools. The students get access to mentoring curriculum that teaches them to become entrepreneurs, and this will help them create some of the next generation of businesses and really inspire others. And he's doing it. He came into our classroom, spoke with our students, and provided some thoughtful insight about what made him successful. Like, talk about really dropping them jewels. Oh, my goodness. He was dropping game. It was raining game in the classroom. And (laughs) the things that they should consider today as they pursue their careers, he was dropping jewels on that. And here's a portion of that conversation in Putnamville with the big dog, 50 Cent, and the students in the AVP classroom. Check this out. Once you have the mechanics of it, it, it cuts across everything. It's not like just, just a song or like a rap record. That That is dope. But that ain't the whole win. Yeah. You know, got so much, so much other stuff that you can do in music, in television and entertainment. Then once you have that, that skill set down, you can kind of, it works wherever your passion goes at that point. You know what I mean? Like when you start talking about podcasting, it could not be singing. It could be just you talking about your experience that turns into something that's huge on YouTube. Now, artists are meeting the audience before they meet the record company. Because yeah. as soon as they figure that out, they, they get record the, bought the beat from YouTube. The guy paid $250 for the beat. He rapped on it in front of his, his microphone on his laptop and uploaded it to iTunes and it's, it's growing on YouTube right now. Shot it with his phone, it's 4, 4K. It's the Apple's is so sharp that you find with that. You know what I mean? And the kid, it just starts to take off on its own. For new artists, they'll start to find, when you can build consistency. I think consistency is the key to all success, right? Like, if you're consistent, you're the ball, you're Kobe. Consistently botch you, Floyd, right? Yeah. Venus and Serena, like when people find passion, they fall in love with something. They don't have limitations. Like it's, it's, it's just the way it is. And then they, I think this is, for me, I would be even more focused. Like I have a stronger focus because I don't have the distractions yeah. of everything else that's going on. Like, so I, I expect it to do well. Like, the, like when they tell me the success rate of this program, it goes, I kind of can see why. It makes us want to do something different. Because like before the last round program, I, 
I couldn't think of nothing else but trouble to get into to make financial. Success. That's what I was headed. I'm like, man, I know what block I can go. But now they work this radio station. You can learn how to mix and match the music. You sing, you can record and do your own music. Oh, okay, then I can cut the middleman out too. You have done so much beyond music. I mean, you're a full-on successful yeah. businessman. That's can you talk about sort of switching that? There's a point where, where you can assess where your core audience is at, right? And I know in 2003, when the music is the most exciting, whoever uh, is having an adult experience for the first time is impacted the hardest by it. Because it's the hottest thing and it makes people enjoy themselves and they feel good. Like, think nightclub, the song comes on, it's the hottest thing that night. Then the girl you met and the thing that connected there, and now you associate that with that period. So it, like my audience, my core audience is grown. They're at home, so they have, if they had the drink they would have at the nightclub, they're having it in their wine cellar. Right. Yeah. They fucking got a bar at the house. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like they got look, so it's not they're not going to the bar, they're having it at their house now. And you gotta equip that bar. Yeah, and I'm I'm still out, I'm hanging out with their kids. <laughs> you got look, the the guys that are listening to trap music right now hear 90s R&B music the way we hear Motown. We can still hear the melodies and still hear why it was a hit song. But remember with the five suits, there's three of them, three, four guys at one time doing that? You can't even find a group. Right now, the last group we had in hip-hop was the Amigos. <laughs> there's no groups. Everybody else is a solo artist because they had to come up with their idea and create it. They're doing it at home, in front of the writer's room. It's not, it's not bigger than the setup you got in front of you right now. It's crazy. We're recorded in your house. I currently have 26 telephone shows plus 10 different networks. Um, the, the film production, that is me going towards finding my goal audience because they're growing at home. I know the storytelling process that they would understand because I was performing in front of them during the period. So I know what, what they'll connect with and what they won't. And that's helped my consistency building projects. And you see the power universe, it mirrors uh, my musical success because it, the first, my album, Get Rich, Die Trying, is the largest debut in hip-hop album. 13 million copies on that album. Then the largest first album is M's monster, but it didn't come to the second album. Like, M's, like, Marshall Mathers, 23 million. Yeah. Uh, he did 23 million twice. That's what made me always understand that there's room for growth and that there's a bigger project that can be created and made by it. And then when I get into the first television show and it becomes the highest rated program on the network is on, it feels like the largest debut in hip hop again. And then, you know, it's cool. So I, I had to fall back from releasing so much music so they would see me as a television producer and the different things I wanted to do. But I've been touring. I just came back from, I did 45 countries on my last tour. What could you say to inspire someone who's trying to, anybody who's trying to get in the music industry, doing their own thing, they got their own small fan base, whatever. How old you say that inspires If you got your own small fan base. Yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> online now. Like, the things that you do, like, even if you were producing records here, they, they, these records uh, could be available for sale, which means business starting out. <laughs> <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Like, it, it, it's easy, like, to do guys I was just hanging out with on the other side to do the coding. Put together the website for you so you can distribute material through there. And it's easy for sale at that point. It's not even a, a one of those things where you got to wait to get back to get the pen to it. How long can you say it took you to find your that unique sound? I think we all have habits. You know, you're going to gravitate to certain things instinctively anyway. It's because it's already a part of you being unique. Just be more, just use yourself as a template. Like, like when you're saying, there's people that could beat me at all kind of shit. It's just, they can't beat me at being me. Mm. So once I make being me cool, I got it. Wow, E, that, that was pretty cool. Many yes. takeaways from that conversation in the classroom. Talk about jewels. There are a lot of jewels. The one that really hit me was when he said, you can't beat me at being me. 
That really yeah. resonated in that room and with me in particular. What do you think? Oh, yeah, definitely. Man, talk about reigning game. Can't nobody beat me at being me? Are you serious? Like, that is a huge That's takeaway. Crazy. That is a huge takeaway. Because the way he explained it, how he broke it down, it just made so much sense, especially in such a competitive market like hip-hop. You know what I mean? Where... I hate to say it. It's a lot of swagger jacking going on, Chris. It's a lot of swagger jacking going on. You really don't hear too much originality anymore. So I feel like that was one of the reasons. It was many factors, but that was one of the reasons what made 50 stand out and had an impact that he had because he had a very signature style. It was only him. So when people did try to emulate that, like he said, couldn't nobody beat him at being him. And that's applicable to anybody. Can't nobody beat me at being me. Can't nobody beat you at being you. You know what I mean? So it, it was a lot of jewels, but that definitely impacted me and was a big takeaway for myself as well. That, that was a big moment right there. Yeah, it was. And, and man, so we not only got those jewels, but we, after that class visit, he graciously agreed to sit down with us for an interview. And he was so forthcoming about his journey and his perspective on business and life. It, it was surreal. And I, I got to be honest, it, it was a little nerve wracking for me to be talking with one of the icons in the music business. Just a little bit, you know, just a little bit. But I got through it, though. I got through it. So please enjoy this conversation with 50 Cent. It's going down. This is a really unexpected pleasure to have you here with us and to have you come in the classroom and talk to the guys was really inspirational. What was that like for you? I mean, when you walked in and you, what, I don't know what your previous, you know, perception was going to be, but what, yeah, how did you I, feel walking it in? It felt good, man. It felt good. Like this project, I'm already aware of last mile, you know, and the success rate of it speaks for itself. When you provide an opportunity to actually correct people while in corrections, like give them an opportunity to, uh, to learn things that allow them to function. I've seen people come home from jail and not know how to use the telephone. It just makes them so awkward re-entering society that they they revert back to the things that they've already know. Because that's the only place that's comfortable for them. Like, I think this is the kind of adjustment that would allow some of them to potentially be more successful or have more information than the people out in the free world because they have less distractions and more hours in the day. Like, once they become passionate about it, then you don't know what comes out of this kind of program. You make it a guy that is a star, like a writer, as far as the like the behind the scenes of, of websites and everything else that's there that for them to be constructive with. It's, it's almost a nonstop, like a nonstop learning curve. Yeah. I know we won't be able to provide those services for everyone, but the people that do reach the program, you see by the success rate of them going into the workforce and being able to function, that it does prepare them to re-enter society. When you take those type of programs, if you just delete that idea from the system, then you have gladiator school. Which is what it used to yes, be. That's exactly what it is. And you saw one of the guys said to you right directly just a few minutes ago, he was prepared to go back to his old ways uh -huh. until he found his passion here, and now he's redirected. Right. It's exactly what you're talking about. No, it is. Yeah, and it, it's real. Like, it's just when you don't have the information, if you look, when you're talking to someone else and all they're telling you is why they're here, I think without... The positive influences at the same time is difficult from transition. I mean, you experienced this too. I mean, he entered prison at 17, mm -hmm. served nine right. years, and found his passion of music inside. I mean, how can you reflect on that? Definitely. I think, like you said, once you become passionate about something, it can quite literally change the trajectory of your life. Right. It depends on now the methods that you use to pursue it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, and then you got something like music. Like he was saying, now it becomes possible to actually pursue this in a way that distances yourself from a lifestyle of criminality. As we know, unfortunately, in music, a lot of times, you know, we talk about our realities, which kind of glorifies, you know, negative lifestyles. And it feels like it's glorifying it. A lot of times the artists, when they're, when they're saying it in a way they're glorifying it, it's a lack of information, that's all. Right. It's early and they're rough around the edges. And hip-hop culture, youth culture loves things that are damaged body experience itself because it sounds so beautiful when it's in music form. Right. And then things that are new aren't actually new. It's just being entered in format. Yeah. You, you see way more stuff. When we talk about like how they're learning, it's exactly how they'll be working because they uh, are under circumstances where they're moving with a laptop. Yeah. Right. You know, since COVID, 
that's a lot of that's everything virtual. Yeah, for real. And, and that, that's that's what I was going to say. Now, it's a little bit more guidance on how to navigate that. You know what I mean? On how to really paint the picture of, of reality in that sense, instead of it being like distorted and misguided. You feel what I'm saying? So now, like when we get these type of opportunities, like now we can quite literally shine and still be an example for others to follow as well. Right. You know what I mean? Instead of it being distorted and, and people assume that we're glorifying it, you know what I mean? And people assume what our intent was and then the intent kind of misses the mark for the listener, you yeah. feel what I'm saying? So now we got tools and a different set of skills to where we can utilize that and show that and now that could be emulated, which could quite literally shift the culture, you know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah, you say, really smart guy say, don't do what I said, do what I did. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? Like you go, in concept, you say what works. If you wanna make a hit, you going what are hits? what do hits sound like at the present moment? Because a lot of time you go, look, it takes 30 days to make it happen, right? The first 30 days, the first celebration is your first 30 days of sobriety, first 30 days of even dieting. Each one of those points, they would look at it and say, this is the point where now you're coasting, you got it. Right. right? And the, the time period that it takes to make habits when you are constantly saying stuff, the same things over and over. Like you're saying, musically, you're saying this to yourself. Why are you saying it to other people? Over and over and over. It makes you start to feel like what you said, what you came up with, instead of who you are. So a lot of the artists, they're lying. For real. They're playing a version of the character that mm. is the cool guy from the environment that they would, right. would be. But they're there to do everything in the music and the material is like, like I spend time not, not saying does it sound good because I look at the guy and say, oh, he's good. it sounds good. But I'm going, is, do I believe him? Right. You know what I mean? I spend more time looking to say, do I believe him? Because the audience wants to believe them. Right. You know what I mean? Like, that's just the way things are. Right. And what we've seen too here is that prison is living in a box, mm -hmm. believing in a box. And what we've tried to do is blow that box apart mm -hmm. and and there's really a I mean you felt this too there's a perceived ceiling of what's possible definitely right. now like even with your experience like mm -hmm. you took music and then you created business right these guys are saying hey I can have a real career now mm -hmm. and that's a huge transformation yeah, just how how do you think how you registered information because like even like my, I made reference to the HISD thing that I did with Houston Independent School District. Yeah. When the idea is to go work to earn money to support their idea, it's so much easier for them to make that transition than it is to just go to work yeah. at a local spot because they need a bigger idea right. than the entry-level job position that's right there. Right. Once you give them that and they, like, they look at it like I'm hustling so I could get the money that I got to get so I could do this. Right. And that's, that's, I think that's the way to get motivated early. Definitely, definitely. I, I think another sense of motivation too, right? So again, I did nine years in prison. Uh -huh. And one thing I say all the time is presence is priceless. Uh -huh. So when you got somebody of your stature coming with your presence, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? I think that gives a different sense of validation from being acknowledged in that way. You know what I mean? And that's extremely motivating, like to a whole nother extent. Like I, They'll never forget this day. For real, like I, I, I know what it's like, man, to feel like you isolate it and, and feel like you quite literally don't even belong in society no more. Mm -hmm. Like you, you begin to lose like a sense of your humanity. So like that becomes restored. And I, I'm curious to know, man, like why is that important to you? You know, what fuels your willingness to be present in these moments? Well, you know, I don't think, look, anybody who has a long enough career has peaks and valleys in it, but um, I say uh, when you do start thinking legacy, people to help people resonate the strongest. Definitely. You know, and it's no real sweat off my back to be here today. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm in town. So, you know, it, was, it wasn't like a, a trip for me to yeah. come to make the, the, you know. So I, I think, look, it's cool that if, if I can motivate them to do something, the right thing, yeah. I, I love to use my energy that way, you know what I'm saying? Definitely. And there's a, and each person's personal perception of you decides how powerful that is or yeah. how strong that yeah. is, you know, so. The, um, Definitely. Yeah, it's uh, I. I come from a different background. I run a venture capital firm, which doesn't qualify me to run a prison program. Uh -huh. But when you 
lean in and you understand. And for us, for Beverly and for me, it, this wasn't a plan. Mm-hmm. It's just little by little, it becomes something and you yeah. see the results and all of a sudden it becomes your life mission. Mm-hmm. Like 12 years ago, I had no idea this would be my life mission. But, but yeah. like you, it's, you get exposed to stuff, you see the reality, like with the kids program you're doing, that's just going to grow based on yeah, the result. Yeah, no, and you affect them in the early stages. Like at that, they're high school students. At that point right. is your idle time is the devil's time. For real. Yeah. Because that's when they're mischievous and they get into stuff. And when the, when the program, when you see kids come to school and they go, well, I wasn't feeling good, so I didn't make it to school, but he made it to the program. Yeah. That's deep. Yeah. That's deep. You know, and I'm going, so how you have perfect attendance at the program and you miss school? Right. It's because it's their idea that they're working on when they're in the after-school program. That's kind of the basis of entrepreneurship, yeah. right? You work on what you want. What you want to work on. So that at that point, they're going, yo, uh, now I wasn't feeling good, so I didn't go to school, but you showed up to the program after? Like, it's, it's interesting that that is the, you know, I think once you help them develop that yep. idea— that they're willing to, to work or to sacrifice to make it happen. Like, it's just because it's their idea. Yeah. Definitely. And, and that's super important to start there. So they don't got to be like me, 17, mm-hmm. on my way to prison, and then learn the lesson. Yeah. You feel what I'm saying? Like, that quite literally stopped. That's, that's a way to quite literally corrode the prison, the, the school-to-prison pipeline. Bro, you said Oakland. Yeah. Right, Oakland, New York City, L.A., California, all look. That all the influences are there. Yep, definitely. You can have major positive influences. The the negative influences are there also, and you have an opportunity to move into those directions faster. For sure. So the shit becomes more extreme. For sure. And and that's the that's but that's everybody. That's every in those major cities, like New York. The people are actually on top of people, stacked on top. Exactly. Same squares like the jail. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And they learn to not... It's oppressive already. Right. They learn to not kind of be... Not to fuck with you. Like, not to communicate with you like that. Like, mind your business. It's the major thing, like, in the city. People flying past each other, not not actually communicating. In the southern markets, when I get to Houston, the difference is they talk to you. Like, the southern hospitality, that, that energy that's there, that... It, it's real. Yeah, it doesn't live in New York, that thing. <laughs> That's a major difference from the, the two experiences as is, is they look. And either they, they're going to say something to you or they'll just say, hey, good, good morning. Or like basics to New York City, they're just like, what? Yeah. I don't know you, man. Get the fuck away from me. Because yeah. I don't know you. I don't know what you're up to. And you might be up to some shit because look, even the, the choice of clothing. By having the hood on, they would be judgmental to that. Absolutely. Because it's, it's anything you choose is athletic inspired. They look at that and say that the guy that got in trouble had the shirt on. Right. Several times prior to this. You see what I'm saying? So it's Pattern created. Right. If you put the tie on, you put the suit on, you don't look like the guy that, that, that came for They've been involved in any of that stuff. You look like business, like that. It represents business to me. Now, Yayo and the guys I grew up with, they associate suits with funerals. Hmm. Associated with a wake and court dates. Yeah. Those different things. So I don't, I don't like, they'll go, no, no, you do it, you do it. Hmm. So I'll be the only one in the suit and they'll be in the same athletic inspired clothing that we grew up wearing. Yeah. That's deep. Just their comfort zone is just that. What, what do you feel we can do to begin to shift that in our culture? No, I think, look, it's just you're making the choice to do it at points. Because people are going, look, when we look good, we feel good. Right, 100%. Right? So there's a, a point where those where physical things connect to your emotions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Sometimes you might even not decide to dress it. But because your wife looks great, you feel good. <laughs> right, you got to match her fly. You got to match her right, fly. Right, you got to Yeah, you look, look at that. Look, that's, that's, my, that's my way. Absolutely. I did good, right? I did good. But that's that's the way you know, like we do it in different ways. Because yeah. like, I, th- I think it's the same thing in a different yeah. fashion at that point. Well, we really appreciate you taking the time to, yeah, to do this For so real. much. It's cool. I'm sure we'll be doing it again. You put me to work. <laughs> I, just came, I didn't know I had a full interview and all this. <laughs> well, E, that was an amazing interview. A spontaneous. To be frank, we uh, we 
<laughs> we kind of had to, we had to ad lib because I didn't know as much about his business ventures beyond his music career. And, and even more so like how thoughtful he is around his community and his commitment to really giving back. Oh yeah. Yeah. Chris, man, sometimes when you meet famous people or icons, they might not be what you expected. And I got to say, man, 50 is beyond what I expected. What an amazing guy. And it seems like he's just getting started, which is phenomenal based on what he's already accomplished. Like, it's crazy. Like, I, I, I kid you not, I could reflect back on first entering the prison system back in like 2011. I'm 18-year-old kid. It's still in reception. And at that time, like one of the only escapes for myself was magazines. And within the Double XL magazine, they had an article specifically on 50 Cent and his business, not even the music, just all his business ventures that he was doing. And at that time, I think he just did like a $200 million contract with like Lionsgate and sold vitamin water and all that for like 1.5 million, all this stuff. And it was just tracking all that way back then. You know what I mean? And I was inspired by that. So to be able to have this come around full circle like how it is now, this is just nuts. To be, you know, breathing the same air as this dude, man, in this conversation, soaking up this game, bro. Like, it is crazy, man. It's crazy. But he's definitely a phenomenal person, man. It came a long way. And still on the move. He's still moving. He's still moving. I'm sure we're going to talk to him again. And hopefully, we're going to engage probably at a deeper level with our organizations, really with our collective missions in mind. Oh, most definitely. I I really hope so, man. We could do a lot together. As I say in one of my songs, Break the Mold, we could change the world forever if we come together. And I mean every word of that. I can't wait for our next conversation. But for now, we need to take a break. And when we come back, we'll be talking to some of the AVP students from Putnamville Prison. Their backgrounds, plans, their future, and their reaction to meeting 50 Cent. You don't want to miss this right here on the Last Mile Radio on Sirius XM. Stay tuned. We are back. We are back right here on the Last Mile Radio on Sirius XM. It's going down. And we have not one, not two, but three guests right now. We do. We have three. It's going to get real. We are currently in prison in Indiana. We're in Putnamville. And we got three participants, three students at the Last Mile. That's right. That's going to dive into their journey a little bit. That's right. They're part of the audio-video production program. We're going to let them introduce themselves. Yes. And we're going to talk about their journey a little bit, which I think is super interesting. And it's the core of what the Last Mile is all about. Absolutely. So let's get started. Give us your name and a little bit about your background. My name is Elliot Foster. I'm from Chicago. Very crime-riddled neighborhood. And uh, the only thing you could think of is two ways out of a situation like that is either prison or a bullet. But striving along that road in Chicago led me to getting in trouble in Chicago. So left to come out here in Indiana, which I successfully made it out of Chicago, came to Indiana to settle down with a girl, got in trouble, got locked up, was sent to prison. Nine to five years in prison, so. So what's the sentence again? Nine, so spent five, do four, actually. Oh, okay, so you've been in four. Yeah, yeah got it. But um, I got out on that sentence and came back because I violated the probation. Mm-hmm. So it's just been headed down and down with spiral ever since and uh, got me here, still here now. Got it. My name is Jose Otero. I'm from East Chicago, Indiana, small city. Uh, a lot of a lot of gangs and violence going on in there. Um, I hanging around the wrong crowd, you know. Got caught up in some stuff, and um, they gave me nine years um, for for a robbery that I committed. Um, and, you know, just in here, just find, trying to find myself. You know, this whole time that I've done, nine years, is a long time. You know, so to be away from society, um, 
I pay my crime, uh, you know, my my time, I pay for my crime, and I'm trying to better myself now. Um. My name is Michael Stair. Uh, I've been incarcerated almost 14 years. Um, I'm not from the streets. I'm really from the cornfields of Indiana. Uh, I grew up in Northwest Indiana. Uh, had a loving family, uh, all the opportunities, loved playing sports, uh, graduated you know, near the top of my class, went on to some higher education, uh, settled in the suburbs of Indianapolis, and really had a great family. Uh, I was in sales, a great career, and so life was you know, seemingly great uh, until it wasn't. And um, little did I know that I, I had fallen away from some of the values that were important to me and family, and that caused some splintering in, in my life, and eventually uh, my, li my life just collapsed and, and crumbled right before, right before me, sending me to prison. And uh, next thing I know, you know, I'm trying to figure out if my, you know, what kind of meaning or if all, you know, what, what's going to happen in my, in my life. And so uh, almost 14 years ago, uh, you know, I started through maximum security prison and worked my way, you know, through some various programs, stayed out of trouble. Um, but I kept thinking to myself, you know, after an extended sentence, how could I ever be marketable after prison? I mean, wh who would ever hire me? Um, what would I ever do for a career? What skills would I have? So as I was working my way through the Department of Corrections, I took a, uh, every opportunity I could to do every program I could and stayed out of trouble. And unfortunately, the, the skills that I was getting, I, I didn't feel like I needed more. I was looking for more. And just so happened... Four years ago, I saw a flyer posted at Plainfield Correctional Facility about the last mile, and it talked about uh, teaching incarcerated individuals to become web developers. And I knew immediately, I said, I gotta, I gotta participate in that program. So I signed up and I went through the program, uh, graduated that program, and right when I graduated, it's almost like luck had it, right when I graduated, I'd heard about this audio and video production program starting at Putnamville. And I said, I got to get, I have to be part of that. Uh, I have a passion for podcasting, a passion for trying to, to use my voice to make a difference in the community um, and do my part. And so some red tape, we got through some red tape and found my way over here. And I was able to participate in the program. And um, I'm now in the graduate program for the audio and video production uh, program. And now, you know, mixing music, um, producing music, and editing podcasts and commercials. So my whole outlook on my future has changed absolutely dramatically because of the opportunity that was presented to me. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, thank you for sharing that. And it's interesting because you guys all come from different diverse backgrounds. Absolutely, absolutely. In, in, in which ways do you feel like and or better yet, what was it that that drew you to this? Like when you, how how did it become introduced to you? And then how did that strike you to the point where you was like, I have to get involved in this? Like how did that story happen? Well, I literally was praying one day, like, man, God, I'm losing my drive for music. Mm. Like I sing, I do music on the streets. Like three million views is the highest views I got on one song. That's a lot of views. And. I still looked at that as nothing because of my drive. My spirit wasn't elevated like it was supposed to. I was always depressed. I'm, I'm losing focus on writing my music. I haven't wrote as many songs as I did my last bit. So I was, I was becoming like let down. I ain't had no, no, no drive for it anymore. So I prayed and asked God, man, God, give me something that's gonna allow me to get that spark back. You know what I'm saying? Just like with a relationship with you. You know what I'm saying? Give me something to uh, use as an anchor. Mm. And next thing you know, they talking about last mile program. I'm thinking, I say, what is it about? First, I was discouraged because they only said that it was about coding. And, and I'm like, okay, that's cool, that's cool. But I seen a music symbol somewhere. I'm like, what's going on, man? The music symbol and code. It was like, no, it's two parts. Okay, what's the other part? They say audio, visual, production. I'm like, audio and visual? But the visual part is coming soon, so... But the audio is what I'm in love with because I sing, I do my own music. I can learn how to mix and master my own music. I can sit there and do something that I literally love. Mm. That's going to get the spark back. 
You know what I'm saying? I'm listening to music every day. I'm in there just going crazy instead of sitting on my bunk depressed because I'm still here. You know what I mean? So just being involved in this class gave me the, the, the spark that I need. I'm around good guys, man. Ain't nobody in there with bad vibes, no bad attitudes. And I feel like that was an answer to a prayer, actually. And you said, I heard you say it today, that if it wasn't for this new passion, you might have head back to an old way that would have gotten you in trouble. Is that fair to say? Yep. Because before the last my program was even a thought to me, I was already thinking first day, second day, first month, first year being incarcerated. I'm like, what am I going to do when I get out? I'm starting over. I'm at the bottom. I have no income. I have nobody putting money on my books. I'm here by myself. So what ways am I going to make income when I get out? And the first, only thing I could think of was getting back to either selling drugs or carrying pistols, trying to rob somebody, do something crazy. I had no other outreach that I can depend on. Job, ain't nobody going to hire you. You're a felon. You got all those on your background or whatever. So I just figured I was a lost cause. So I might as well go to what I know. Yeah. But the last mile gave me another avenue, many different avenues I didn't even know about. You can become podcasts. You can do this. You can do music. You can do videos. You can, I didn't know you can do all those things. All I thought about was just me singing. I didn't know I can record it myself. I didn't know I can do all these extra things. So it gave me an avenue other than something that would lead me back here or did. Hmm. Well, what about you, Jose? What about you working with these guys? And what, what has this sort of program meant to you? Man, it's beautiful working with these uh with these beautiful uh brothers around me, man, in the last mile. Um I never seen myself in this in this position. You know, I come from from a from a background, you know, I've always loved music. Coming up, you know, in the projects, you either be a ball player, you either be a rapper, or you'll be a gangbanger, you know? And I wasn't a ball player and I was a gangbanger. And I like music, so I used to have my studio, you know. I used to record. I used to always be, I had that drive to try to be, you know, what, what the people on TV do, you know, producing and all of that. That was a passion of mine. Being in prison, um, you know, being introduced to the last mile. I first originally started off to apply for the coding class. Um, <laughs> that was That's where I first... Uh, applied for, and then I met the facilitator, Mr. Bussett, of the AVP, and as I'm in the classroom, you know, filling out for the coding class, he expounded on the whole AVP course, and when he was talking about the music, audio, and uh, digital, you know, production, I said, wow, hold on, because this is something that I've always wanted to do, yeah. you know, and prior prison, you know, every time I have a studio, you know, Something happens that, you know, I get caught up in some mess and then I lose it. And then when I come, came to prison, same thing happened. So now, you know, when I came into the AVP program, I started off in the first, in the pilot program. I was one of the first ones who were, was in the first class with them. So um, it just opened up a lot of opportunities. I refer to this uh, program as the Seeker's Guide hmm. because... Uh, people who seeking an opportunity. You know, I didn't know what I was gonna do when, when I get out of prison. You know, I didn't know what was ahead of me. Going back to East Chicago, might end up doing the same thing, you know. So, the Seekers guy, you know, we seeking an opportunity for hope, you know, for a future for us. And so the last mile is that guide, you know, to help us, you know, on that path to success. You know, so this is why I refer, uh, you know, to, the, to it as that. Because it's helped me a lot. It's calmed me down. You know, this show is, is a global show. Sears XM is a global network. But there's also going to be folks inside that are going to be hearing this, folks that are uh, family members of those incarcerated. So, Elliot, what would you tell someone who's incarcerated today that may not have the same hope and, and sort of goals that you have evolved? What would you tell them today? Well... First, I would encourage them to stay hopeful. Um, so as far as not having the same goals or not having the, the same hope, you're talking about the people that may not get out? 
to? Can I? For you, you? Yeah. Anyone who's incarcerated that you want to address and you know and and give them a message, what would that be? My message would be, this is the place to be. I mean, it's it's this is freedom before freedom. I don't know if it makes too much sense, but I don't feel like I'm here when I'm there. Yes. Mm. We see, we hear that a lot. People in class don't feel like they're in prison. Like, I can't wait to go to a place in prison and be there all day. Yeah. Like, That's I'm a crazy mad. thought. I'm, I'm, <laughs> mad. I'm mad the class is about to be over because not, it, it, I love music. I enjoy music. That's cool. That's fine. But knowing the brothers that I'm going to sit next to in the class, knowing the teacher's vibe and knowing that the projects that I'm going to go work on is because of my creativity. It's just, it opens me up, man. It's, it, it, it raised my spirit. You know what I mean? So I would just encourage them, man, this is, if you want freedom before freedom, this is where you need to be. Take it from me, you know, open your mind and try to expound and switch your, your way, the way that you program. You know, there's better, better opportunities for you. Um, and just don't, don't be content in being in the same place. You know, try new things. The last mile is, you know, open up a lot of doors. Um, coming into this, I didn't know, you know, me, myself. I didn't think, I, you know, I used to say the last mile. You know, they used to put so much emphasis on it, but I tried it and I love it now. Like L, my, my brother L was saying, you know, we have a we have a strong community here, we have a strong brotherhood. We don't feel like we're in prison. The very first day, when I first seen the classroom in the last mile in prison, I said, hold on, this don't even feel like prison, man. <laughs> I've been around the first program, the first cohort in the AVP. I was around brothers who've been down 20, 30 years, never touched a computer. And when I seen the light on their face glow to just touch a computer, leaving out of here with yeah. skills, writing skills, skills that, ain't, that they didn't even dream of, you know, yeah. and out there doing something better. Okay. Unannounced, we had Curtis Jackson, a, a.k.a. 50 Cent, walking into your classroom today. Yes. And I was, Elliot, I was watching your face. <laughs> I was watching your face. He's like, wait a second. I recognize, holy shit, that's, <laughs> right? Yeah. How did that feel today? Man, what? <laughs> feel? Man, that did something to the spirit. That just yeah. <laughs> that's right. Because I'm, 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 I'm sitting here, like I just said, I already before the class, before the last mile, I was depressed. Um, I didn't have a spark for the music no more. He just took it over the roof. <laughs> then he gave me pointers on things that I can do to, to start my own success. Yeah. Got the coding brothers because I, my time's too short, so I won't be able to get into the code and yeah. they complete it. Yeah. And they won't even let me in the program because how much time I have left. Well, that's a good thing to have. Yeah. Right. That's a great so, thing. <laughs> so, yeah, but they make me want to stay longer. No, I'm just, yeah. I'm just Which has been done I'm before, believe it or not. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. They, yes. he, he gave me a plan within my own brothers. Like, man, he doing code. And you can have him make your website, put your songs on there. You say you got three million views, put it on there and sell it for a dollar. That's why he's a businessman. Exactly. Businessman. <laughs> but he, he just encouraged me just seeing him as an artist and from where he was and where he is now is amazing. He was just a rapper to me at first. And then he developed a, a music uh, a producer and uh, writing movies and producing movies and uh, owning businesses and the Gatorade thing. Just yeah. so much stuff like, man, 50, what you going to do, man? You got all this stuff going on. It's actually vitamin and water just vitamin to make it. So we're going to give you a really unique opportunity here today. You guys are all sort of been just as involved in the system. Mm -hmm. And... Um, Sometimes you don't have a voice to sort of express things that you see that, be can, that can be constructive to improving the system. So now we've got okay. the ex-commissioner, the commissioner, and deputy commissioner. They're sitting here with us. Yeah. And what we close the show, every show with, is if there is one thing in criminal justice system, I know there's a lot of things that can change. Right. One thing that really sticks out to you, what would you say? And now you have people listening. What would you say? Start with you, Elliot. 
I, I'm putting you on the spot, but I know you've probably thought about some things here. Give us a chance of what that would be. I'm really not a person of complaining, but, you know, because I feel like we all do what we do to get in trouble. You know what I mean? So I don't, I don't put it past anyone. But one thing I would say is I noticed just that most of the prosecutors seek a conviction rate more than truth, more than did he really do it or is this really necessary for him to go spend 20 years in his prison? So just something like that, man. Just seek out justice right. instead of my number rates. You know, that's all I think about. I would, I would have to agree the the, the whole court system. Um, when I was when I was in court, I was seeing an individual being being sentenced, um, and his attorney was 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 present as well. Um, he was already talking about the judge, and the judge said, he said, you know, the first thing I do in the morning, he said, I take my heart out the freezer. So let's continue this, and then he sentenced him to fifty years. Wow. You know, so I think we have to have, you know, a better outlook on individuals and not just look or find the same thing in everybody. Try to give people certain opportunities and certain chances. Um, that's my, that would be my, my response, my thought about it. First and foremost, the class here and in a whole is quite quite literally like the founding fathers to an extent <laughs> yep. of of what's finna be hopefully new to be normalized. Like the things that's normal here isn't normal everywhere else yet. Mm -hmm. But yep. you guys are quite literally breaking the mold and paving the way for that to be normal and everybody else can begin to understand why this is important and everybody else can begin to understand to adopt these type of tendencies and be open to trying new things and introducing that and why that's important. Because ultimately, we all got to share this rock together, this planet Earth, you know what I mean? We all got to share this thing together and we all play a role in the way that that's shaped in the way that that's looked. So to throw somebody away and then expect them to come back without any resources, without any skills, without uh, 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 that, that sense of value and expect that to play out good is, is just quite literally insane to me. So you guys are quite literally functioning in a sense that's gonna alter all that. So that's powerful, man. Y'all yeah. powerful. Well, we got that function from the last mile. Yeah. Well, and, go ahead, Michael. Well, and the, and, and the like you mentioned the progressiveness, the progressive approach of the Department of Correction, I mean, that, I mean it's because of that. It's yeah. the openness of that is how we're sitting here today. And yeah. Well, we appreciate you sharing your stories, um, you know, more stories to come. Success to all you guys, for sure. I know 100% it's going to be that way. So we really appreciate that very much. Definitely. I, I say it all the time, man. Presence is priceless. You hear me say that all the time, especially on the show. Presence is priceless. So I thank each and every one of y'all, man, for being present, showing up and showing out and, and, and showing what we're capable of doing and showing what's possible for real. So thank you. Thanks, guys. What a deep conversation, man, with Elliot, Jose, and Michael. Those guys are really working hard to change the trajectory of their lives. Yeah, that was a powerful conversation. It's really a perfect example of why there's hope for those who've lost direction and belief in themselves. And that was really a great example. You know, the thing that really struck me there was Jose referred to The Last Mile as the seeker's guide for people truly seeking an opportunity. I really love that. Man, it's me too, bro. Ditto that for real. That's, that's deep. That's deep. And the saga continues when we come back. When we come back, we're going to take a quick break. And we come back, it's going to get real. You tuned in to The Last Mile Radio right here on SiriusXM. Stay tuned. And I just want to change the world forever. No lie, I want to bring the world together, yeah. 
And I admit I'm kinda selfish cause I wanna be the reason Not for the recognition, I recognize what we need Now I don't wanna fall trying to spring chains like the seasons Consequences disrupting the system but I ain't retreating Optimistic thinking this a fight worth bleeding I bleed the blood of a leader, I die for what I believe And I'm just saying it's real Yes, 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 and we are back, we are back Right here on the Last Mile Radio on Sirius XM Chris, it just got real, bruh I'm telling you, that was super cool. And what a moving experience. You nailed it, laying it down for 50 Cent. Man, that was amazing. It was incredible, Chris. We just started this show, and I never expected to perform on Sway in the Morning for Michael Harry O. Harris, the co-founder of Death Row Records. And now 50 Cent, this is unreal, man. You, you, you put me on the spot. But you're nailing it, though. You know, it's good experience. You're nailing it. I mean, that's... And, you know, frankly, that's what we're trying to teach in these programs, not only the skills, but also the ability to perform, you know, at the moment's notice, like you got to be able to step up. And, man, you really showed that to those people and the people inside how it's done. It was really impressive. Most definitely. I appreciate that, man. Stay ready. Ain't got to get ready. And that's real. And speaking of staying ready and ain't got to get ready. I would say that it is an accurate assessment of, you know, our folks in the AVP program. They was ready. 50 came through and you have people standing up on the spot like, man, I'm the dopest artist. Check this music out. And they was ready. They was ready. 50 was feeling it. You know what I mean? And we even got to we even got the vibe on the music with Elliot and everything. Like that was super dope. That was great. Elliot Foster with a song called Mermaid. That was amazing. And you accompanying him on the guitar with no practice. That was super moving and serendipitous. So it was awesome. Look, I had a mermaid. I wish she would have stayed. I let her swim away. Cause I had a mermaid. I wish she would have stayed. Why did I sell away? You know, music is just so visceral. You know what I mean? It's such an emotional thing. So I feel like we was able to vibe and kind of like get in tune with each other through the vibes of music. You know what I mean? So that was super dope being able to connect in that kind of way, how he was able to harmonize, you know, over me doing my thing and me being able to support him with the with the guitar. Like it really just brought it to life. That was a vibe that was just second to none. It was crazy. Yeah, I felt a little tear in the eye. You got me crying, you know, that's hard <laughs> to do, but you actually got me to well up. <laughs> oh man, I'm starting to see your sentimental side, Chris. I'm starting to see it, but that, that's the power of the music, man. We definitely brought it out. That was awesome. So I'm sure we're going to have more of those moments in the future. That was amazing today, though. And before you break down again, Chris, we got to say goodbye, man. It's about that time. <laughs> and you know how this go. I got to give you flowers, big dog. I got to give you flowers. You always show up and show out for us, man. And to you who's tuned in, I got to give you your flowers as well. Presence is priceless. Absolutely. And we would love to hear from you on the lastmileradio.org. Tap in. And remember, you can always listen to this show or any show on the SiriusXM app. Absolutely. I'm Maserati E. I'm Chris Redlitz. Join us next time on The Last Mile Radio. On SiriusXM. Another day in the life of a young broke hitter Trying to make a dollar out of three buffalo nickels True definition of a young go-getter Is exactly what I see when I look into the mirror It's appearing I'm staring in the direction of greatness With a mind that could blind and for that blessing I'm gracious Chasing my basic dreams to make it Making Franklin's on a daily basis Killing everybody, everybody about to want to listen To what it is that I'm spitting Ain't gonna be no competition My flow is just too malicious And my team is a militia of people That's just as vicious with ambitions in it just to take control of the globe And money make the world spin my mind like a whirlwind Spinning thoughts and spending money to the world And my thoughts are lucid Trying to make a couple ends I'm putting in my two cents I'm abusing competition for my amazing